We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Ramps Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. And our guest for this evening, for this big Saints-Rams preview, is Saints Wire, USA Today Saints Wire, K.D. Drummond. Gentlemen, welcome to the show today. I appreciate you guys having me on. Good to have you on board. Well, this weekend, uh, the Rams are running a gauntlet. They just took on took one on the chin to Minnesota, and now we have the Saints here. K.D., how are you feeling about this matchup? coming in on a road game? Well, it's obviously going to be a much different environment than it is for the Saints down in the Superdome. Uh, we we all know about the legendary home field advantage that they have down there. Uh, I'd probably only put it second to maybe Kansas City and obviously Seattle and what they can do uh, at, at a home park. But the Saints have just been firing on all cylinders so far this year. But they, they did get a bit of a stumbling block. Uh, they've been relatively healthy on defense up until the last couple of weeks, and it really hit them hard. Uh, and with this dynamic Rams offense under Sean McVay that they're going to have to face in this week, uh, it's going to be a very interesting battle uh, to basically be the third best team right now in, in the NFC. Yeah, you guys had a tough game last week against the Redskins. It was a heck of a comeback. Watched the end of the game while I was talking to Derek and, and couldn't believe that you guys came back and actually won that game. Uh, you guys are definitely the hottest team, I think, in the NFL right now. Winning, what have you guys won, eight straight? 
Yep, it's eight straight after losing the first two. It's the first uh, NFL team to win eight straight in the modern era after losing their first two. The previous record was seven held by the 93 Cowboys, who, of course, went on to win the Super Bowl that year. The reason they lost uh, those first two games was Emmitt Smith and his contract holdout. Uh, and then the 2007 Giants had won uh, six straight after losing their first two. And, of course, they went on to win the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of good historical precedent for what the Saints are doing right now, uh, coming back and, and getting on that kind of a hot streak. But, again, we, we have to figure out how they're going to navigate through these uh, very important and devastating injuries that they suffered uh, in the Washington game. They lost Marshawn Lattimore. He has an ankle injury. They haven't declared him to be out. Uh, but he is the sole reason for the defensive turnaround for the Saints. Uh, what he's done in his rookie year has been outstanding. He's a shoo-in for defensive rookie of the year because he is one of the top five corners in the NFL already. Uh, able to lock down receivers on, on his side of the field. And the cascading difference that made for the Saints defense, we saw what happened. Washington was able to do pretty much whatever they wanted once he was out of the game uh, after that very first Washington drive. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints and their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, can somehow try to corral what's normally been a very strong Rams offense. We have some injuries too, by the way. Uh, Robert Woods is probably going to be out for a couple of weeks, and he's been the main cog of our offense as of late. So that's probably going to help your defensive secondary a little bit. But, yeah, it's that time of the year where injuries are starting to play a key role in all the games. Well, I just wanted to briefly put it in there just to, to pull Norm's chain a little bit. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore went to where? <laughs> where did he go? He's a Buckeye? He's a Buckeye? I just, I just wanted to point that out there as well. KD, one thing also, when you mentioned injuries, I see Kenny Vacro's as well. Uh, what's his status? Yeah, uh, he, he's been having some issues uh, the last couple of weeks and hasn't been there for the Saints. Uh, he, he's been on the inactive list. So the secondary in general is banged up. The linebackers are now banged up. Um, A.J. Klein missed last week's game. They lost rookie Alex Anzalone a couple weeks ago. He's done for the year. Uh, and then they also lost in this past game Alex Okafor in the fourth quarter. He uh, went down torn Achilles, so he's actually done for the season. Uh, he had four and a half sacks. He was really providing a great pass rush opposite of Cam Jordan. So the Saints, obviously, they have not been a good defensive team for years. They went through the whole failed Rob Ryan experiment and somehow – he infected multiple teams in the NFL with, with, with his defensive scheme that was too difficult for any, anybody to, to seem to be able to run with success after the first year in the system. So they've gotten out of that stink and Dennis Allen has done a great job and transformed the team back to a 4-3 defense, but it all centered around what Lattimore did. The Saints run a lot of three safety, uh, defenses with Vaccaro, Von Bell, and then, uh, rookie Marcus Williams is in there now. So without him and now without Lattimore, it's going to be tough to, to stop what the Rams can do. I understand they have some injuries, but uh, it, it's going to be very tough for them to stop what the Rams do without Lattimore out there and with the injuries that they sustained on every level of the defense right now. It seems like there's a mirror there because with the Rams, they they lost Kayvon Webster. Uh, mm-hmm. He's in concussion protocol right now. His task is up in the air, and then his backup, Nikel Roby Coleman, he's, he has a thigh injury. We don't know his status yet, and so – that mirror image, the things that have kind of held the defenses together for, you know, what's what helped the Rams is the fact that the secondary in, in a lot of ways is overperformed. It's still a weakness for us, but the fact that it's been able to hold it together has been, has given the defensive line a lot of freedom to do what it wants. And then you lose those two guys and the Vikings just shredded us. Yeah, that was, that was tough to see, uh, what Adam Thielen was able to do. It, it basically looked like he was running against air, uh, especially yards after the catch, uh, the way that he was able to attack. Uh, the Rams secondary and just kind of sliced through them the way that he did in, in that game on Sunday. 
for, on, on the flip side, the Saints offense, offense is just so dynamic right now. It, Drew Brees, uh, before that final three minutes of the game, he was on pace to go his third game and third and four games without throwing a touchdown. And that's Drew Brees we're talking about. That never happens. And the Saints have just been rolling along thanks to the, uh, the, basically the, the best running game in the, in the league right now between Alba Kamara and Mark Ingram. Uh, they are truly dynamic in what they present on the field. And for me, that's going to be the biggest matchup problem for, for the Rams and pretty much for any team that comes across them this year is that the Saints are, they probably have taken the mantle of the best rushing team in the NFL away from Buffalo and Dallas. It, it's, it's pretty much going to be the Saints running the ball all day. And obviously Kamara is a dual threat. He's kind of like a Le'Veon Bell in that he can line up and run actual routes as a receiver. And that presents tremendous mismatch problems for the, uh, for the Rams for any team and trying to decide who they're going to check them with, whether it's going to be a safety or a linebacker, because uh, they'll always start them in the backfield and then most of them out to kind of get an idea of whether, you know, the, the defense is playing man or, or zone and how they're actually going to, going to attack having such a threat. That's pretty much what I look for to be the key for the Saints in this game and for the rest of the season. If that running game gets going, it's really hard to keep them under 30 points. Well, and the Rams have statistically struggled against the run, especially early in the games. Generally, Wade Phillips is able to make some adjustments, you know, either in the second quarter or at halftime to, to slow that down. But we weren't able to do that last week against Minnesota. And, you know, when they had a balanced attack against us, we certainly struggled, especially with our defensive backs going down. So I can see that being a real big problem for the Ram this week. Ingram, he's just a tough dude. He's built like a brick, you know what, and I have a feeling he's going to he's gonna run roughshod on us at least in the first half. And Kamara, I'm curious to see. I'd lo- I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play just because I haven't really got to watch much of him this year. But the two of them together make one heck of a duo, that's for sure. Yeah, if, if Kamara plays the game that he normally plays, you're going to be highly impressed with the skill set that he brings to the table. He's a tough runner as well. Uh, a lot of people will think because he does so much uh, pass catching, and running routes that he's not an in-between-the-tackles guy, but he can uh, churn out those tough yards with the best of them. Uh, he, he's slippery. He can escape tackles. He can make moves on people in the open field. He he is, in short order, going to be the man in New Orleans, and that's saying a lot considering uh, the year that Mark Ingram's having. I, I imagine right now he's on pace to be first-team All-Pro as, as one of the best backs in the league uh, based on the pace that he's been going so far over these last several weeks. It's, it's an interesting stat that I saw come across my uh, timeline today. Only two NFL players have 350 yards or more from scrimmage in November, and it's Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara on the same team. That's that's absolutely insane. Yeah, last week against Washington, he had uh, he had eight rushes for 42 yards and six receptions for 74 yards. So, yep. you know, he, he had quite a game, and that's definitely going to be something for the Rams to have to look out to contain. The one thing that you don't see often with the Saints that I actually thought we would see more often this year is putting both of them on the field together. That's something that rarely happens. And if they add that wrinkle uh, somewhere down this last stretch of the season, these last six games, I, I have no idea how teams would be able to combat that because you can have them both in the backfield. The Saints do run plays where they have a true fullback on the field, so it's not like they're not used to running two running backs at the same time. But if they do choose to to utilize that and to, and to expose that to the rest of the league. It, I, I don't really see how anybody's going to be able to stop it. I, obviously, there are great defensive minds in the NFL, and uh, you guys have one of the preeminent guys in Wade Phillips. And if anybody can devise a scheme to stop these runners, I would put my money on Wade Phillips. He's just been tremendous everywhere that he's gone as a defensive coordinator, not so much as a head coach, but as a D.C., tremendous. So if anybody can figure out a way to stop these two guys, 
I would put my money on it being Wade Phillips, and it's it's just going to be a beautiful matchup to watch uh, unfold on Sunday. Well, to put that matchup in perspective, just kind of looking back at what the Vikings did right against the Rams, and that was protect the quarterback. And so I look at what the Saints have done this year. They've only allowed 10, 10 sacks, and that's mm-hmm. tops in the league with, guess who, the Vikings. And that's where this game really breaks for the Rams. So if the Saints protect the quarterback and they protect Breeze and they keep the Rams' defensive line out of that backfield, that's going to open up so much more for Kamara and for Ingram, even for the passing game. The rest of the Rams really fell apart last Sunday when they could not get to Keenum. They start blitzing more. That leaves more holes from the run through. There leaves more screen passes out of the backfield for Kamara. And of course, that leaves, you know, a dangerous situation on the outside with Kayvon Webster if he's in the game or not. Cause he hasn't played all that great, all that well throughout the season as it is. It's really dangerous from what, from my perspective on what the Rams have against them with the Saints coming to town. Yeah, the Saints offensive line has been tremendous, and people have had to bring extra pressure in order to get any kind of, uh, sorry, extra rushers, I should say, to bring, to, in order to bring any kind of pressure on Drew Brees. Now, part of the sack total is him, obviously, being the veteran that he is and having the quick release and being able to get rid of the ball before the pressure gets to him. He's not a very mobile guy anymore. He used to be uh, early in his career, but he's not a very mobile guy that's going to break out a run, although he did have a uh, rushing touchdown in the game before last that was kind of a surprise when he had to scramble and get out and, and get out of the pocket. But for the most part, the Saints offensive line has truly gelled since Teron Armstead came back from his peck injury. Uh, he solidified everything. He allowed the rookie Ryan Ramchick to go back over to the right to the right side. Zach Streep was lost for the year early in the season, uh, and, and Ramchick has done an admirable job filling in at right tackle. So the Saints right now don't have a weak spot along that offensive line. Max Unger at center, uh, second-year pro Andrus Pete on, on, on uh, left guard, and they've really been able to run in both directions, uh, which is something that not a lot of teams can do. Most teams have a dominant side, but the Saints are having success running in both directions so far this year. But as far as pass protection, yeah, the, guy, the guys are stout, and, and they're not letting anybody in. Combined with Drew Brees' moxie back there and, and his ability to see the pass rush coming and to anticipate where the rushes are coming from and then dissect things, it's, it's truly been a sight to see. Now, I referenced earlier that Breeze uh, was in danger of going three and four games of without throwing a touchdown. Breeze isn't what you're used to seeing out of him. What he did down the stretch last week was vintage Drew Breeze, but that really hasn't been there so far this year. So I don't want your uh, Rams, Rams fans listeners to be under the impression that the old Drew Breeze is still well and good. You're seeing the signs of wear and tear on him. His stats are brilliant. His stats are just the same that they have been uh, for the previous years. His yards per attempt, his adjusted yards per, uh, per attempt, all of that stuff is still sky high. But there are throws that Drew Brees has made where he just does not seem to still have the same arm strength, arm strength that you're used to seeing. And he does throw a pickable ball right now. It just so happens that for the year, not many people have been able to intercept him. There was a stretch of games where he had a couple interceptions in there, and it's, and it's sort of picked up as the season has gone along. But there are more than what we're accustomed to, dangerous passes that are coming off of Breeze's arms. So the Rams having injuries in the secondary and not being up to what you hope them to be, that might help, but there will be opportunities for the Rams to turn the Saints over if the Saints are forced to use their passing game again. It's interesting you go there in terms of, you know, where Drew Brees is. How much time does he still have left in uniform for the Saints? Well, he's an unrestricted free agent, uh, and and he has a clause in his contract they can't franchise tag him again. So it's basically 
on his terms. I'm I'm sure the Saints they did a lot of research in this past draft. Uh, they brought in uh, under their 30 visits. I believe there were seven quarterbacks that they brought in, but they decided none of them were the true heir that they were looking for for Drew Brees. And nobody expected this resurgence. Remember, the Saints have been seven and nine for the last three years, and nobody really expected much of them this season. But it's been no fault of Brees. He throws for 5,000 yards every year, partially because they're always trailing in the fourth quarter, and he has a bunch of uh, garbage time stats that go along with his uh, with his proficiencies. But overall, I would say that Drew Brees will likely do the whole series of one-year deals. Uh, maybe it's a two-year deal that he gets. So he has a couple years left in his arm. He's still obviously a serviceable quarterback. Don't I, I don't want your listeners to think that I'm throwing him out to the pasture or anything. There are just warning signs uh, that the end is near, and that's, I don't think, anything that we've seen prior to this season. And it hasn't manifested itself in an egregious game where he's thrown like four picks and just been completely off. But again, there are just certain passes that you're seeing, seeing him that aren't as accurate, that are leaving his receivers out to out to dry. Basically, uh, there were probably five plays in the Washington game where he just he led his his receiver Alvin Kamara was on the receiving end of a couple of those it went where he led them into danger. And normally Breeze doesn't do that sort of thing. So when you start to see that, that's when you start to worry and wonder: Is this a temporary glitch or is this the age finally catching up to him? And there and obviously there would be no ill feelings towards him if it was age catching up to him because he's been so dynamic for so long. Still a hell of a player, no, no matter how you look at it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I guess the first thing I would ask about Breeze after that is, how soon does that man get in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I mean, he's first ballot. There's no question he he's first ballot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the amount the amount of records that he has, uh, that he's broken and he continues to break is just it, inconceivable uh, how many 5,000 yards seasons he has and the, the yardage and he's up there with now uh you know Manning and Marino and, and all and he, he's in rarefied air he, he has truly been a blessing for the Saints community well speaking of uh, Hall of Fame the they cut to the last 25 just recently it was just announced and I was looking through it to see if there were any Saints or Rams in there Isaac Bruce is in there mm-hmm. Tory Holt's in there now let me ask you guys as, as as ones that follow the Rams, who would you put in first, Bruce or Holt? I, I would lean Holt, but you guys would obviously be more more uh, in tune with that than I than I am. I would probably go Bruce first myself. Okay. I would go Bruce as well. I guess that's probably a, a, a debate topic for us to have now that they've cut that list. Uh, <laughs> well, that might be a good show for us to have. Um, I would go Bruce as well, only be just his longevity what he meant to the franchise over the course of his entire career. You know, he had injuries that kind of took away from his overall numbers. I, I can't imagine what his numbers would have been had he been healthy throughout his entire career. But he had some spots there where he got hurt. And I, the overall value he brought to that franchise, he, go, he goes in first. I think both of them, to me, are Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. And it, it's silly to me that we even have to have that wide receiver debate now, uh, at least when it comes to those two. Well, I don't see I don't see any Saints in here. Uh, there is one other player that did play for the Rams, but he only played for the Rams for one year, and that was Leslie O'Neill, defensive end, played for the St. Louis Rams from '96 to '97. But Holt and Bruce are the two that are in there that I can see. I just thought I'd check and see if either team had anybody in the final 25. Yeah, I, I don't think the Saints have one. I think you're correct in that. Now, flipping the script here a little bit, the matchup for the Saints defense. This weekend against the Rams, you, met, you you went into it early on. How do you see that breaking down with Todd Gurley coming out of the backfield, Sammy Watkins, the Rams' tight ends are interesting. Tavon Austin's a gadget player for you. Um, where does that go? 
Well, I think it falls on the linebackers, and that's a problem because A.J. Klein, uh, they signed him out of Carolina. He was Luke Keekley's backup, and he's been a godsend for their defense. He missed the last game. Uh, I, I don't think that he right now, uh, obviously it's Tuesday. You don't know what's going to break down during the week, but I don't think that he's in line to play this game. They lost Alex Anzalone, who was kind of their athletic Marvel type of guy flying across the field, uh, back and forth to sideline to sideline, but they still have depth. And that's something that's changed drastically over previous years. They signed Manti Teo out of, uh, Los Angeles, well, now Los Angeles, the Chargers, uh, and he's taken over uh, the middle of the defense along with Craig Robertson, who went to the bench after they added all of these uh, talented guys to their linebacker core, and Robinson, Robertson's been having a phenomenal season. So they have the horses to, in order to try to stop Todd Gurley, but Alex Okafor was so strong against a run. That's really what I think is going to be an issue. The way that he set the edge uh, in the last five or six weeks has been phenomenal as far as how the Saints have stopped opposing running backs. And without him out there, they're going to um, give Trey Hendrickson the start, most likely, with Okafor gone. He's a rookie, uh, so I don't know if he's exactly going to be the type of guy that's going to cause the Rams and Sean McVay to, to alter their game plan in any sort of way as far as trying to get Gurley, uh, Gurley out to the edge. Yeah, last week you guys struggled against uh, Samaje Perrine, uh, a rookie, and he ended up putting up uh, some decent yards against you on the ground. He, he got 117 yep. yards on 23 rushes. So, you know, if if that's going to be an issue, then certainly Todd Gurley, I think, can probably put those kind of yards up. And Todd Gurley and Kamara are very similar players in the sense that they can both catch the ball and run the ball. So it is going to be an interesting matchup, and I am curious to see how your defense will will hold up against the Rams the Rams are very similar in the Redskins as far as their offensive schemes are concerned. So I can see it being a tough matchup, but I have to be honest, I'm not feeling real good about this game. So uh, I'm just I'm just struggling to see our offense move the ball very well against your defense, even with the even with the injuries that you have and with your running attack. That's got me a little concerned too. Yeah, and and the the funny thing is, I'm feeling as not as confident as you are about the Saints prospects simply because of all of the injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the the Saints have a dominant running game, but they do get chunk yardage. And, and yeah, obviously it's going to grind down the clock because the clock keeps moving whether you get stuff or no yards or whether you have a six-yard game. So, obviously, you're going to be able to control the time of possession. However, they're not a ball control offense. They don't move slowly. They don't try to milk the clock or anything like that. So I don't think the Rams' offensive opportunities are going to be limited in any way based on the fact that, that the Saints have a strong running game. I'm very concerned with how in the world the Saints are going to stop Sean McVay's offense. You know they're going to be angry. They scored seven points last week. So you know they're going to come out angry, and he's going to break out some wrinkles that he wasn't able to pull off against a vaunted Minnesota Vikings defense. Two weeks ago, I'd have said the Saints had this game in the bag. It could be, uh, it, it, it could be even a blowout based on them having a full contingent of defensive players. Now, I think it's going to be a shootout and, and a shootout with the Rams and that offense. I don't feel confident going, going into that game at all. I think the Saints can obviously win. They've won eight in a row. Why wouldn't they be able to win? But will they? I'm not as confident as I would have been two weeks ago. Now, Looking at the Saints this year, they only have lost one time on the road. That was the opening game against the Vikings, and nobody knew then what the Vikings were going to be. Your overall schedule since then, you probably haven't played a true playoff contender since week three, the, uh, the Panthers game. Since then, yep. Miami, Detroit, Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, 
Chicago, Tampa. Well, we and we've seen what's happened to Buffalo. Do you see this game as a test to see how good the Saints really are? Oh, by far. Yeah, definitely. They have um, a really tough schedule coming up down the stretch. Uh, after the Rams, it's going to be, um, I believe, the Panthers in the rematch. They have two games left against Atlanta. So it, it's really getting down to the time where we're going to find out whether the Saints are for real or not. Uh, they obviously got to eight wins, which is more wins than they had uh, in any season in the, uh, the last three so there is improvement there, but you're right. They really haven't played a tough team. What is a good indicator is the fact that they were able to blow out the two teams that are above 500 over that stretch. They blew out Carolina and they blew out Detroit. Now, remember, they raced out. They had like a 35-point lead on Detroit before, uh, you know, the garbage time touchdown made that a somewhat close game. But they were absolutely steamrolling Detroit. And Detroit is sitting here at 6-4 and four right now, tied for the last wildcard spot in the NFC. So they're not pushovers. I don't think they're as strong as they have been or or they could be, but they do have a strong defense. And they had absolutely no answer for the Saints. So although they've played a bunch of pushovers in, in some of the teams you mentioned, Chicago, Tampa Bay, uh, and some of the other clubs that they've beaten so far, they do have those two signature victories over uh, Detroit and, and over Carolina to give you confidence that once they face off against a team as good as the Rams, that they can contend. I don't think they have a confidence issue. And if they did, coming back from 15 points down with just a few minutes remaining last week would erase any of that. This team feels like they can do anything, anytime, anywhere. Buffalo's imploded, yes, but they were 4-0 at home before the Saints went in there and hung 47 points on them. So they have the confidence to go on the road. They have the confidence to not feel bad if they fall behind early, and they obviously have the confidence that they get an early lead and they can extend it and keep pushing and keep pushing. So there's not a game scenario that's going to have them doubting themselves against the Rams. And as long as you have that mentality in the NFL, you always have a chance. All right. Well, it's that time. It's that time to make our calls. We start with you, Norm. How are you calling this game? I agree with uh, with KD. I think it's going to be a, a shootout. I think it's going to be more of an offensive game than a defensive game. I've had this game for the last four weeks or so kind of on my radar as one of the games I was really concerned about, and I'm still concerned about it. And uh, a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I'm going to go 34-31 Saints. All right, KD. How are you calling it? All right. I am going to go out and say it's going to be 38-28, but not a blowout. I think the Saints are going to score a garbage time touchdown. They're going to have the ball uh, with a three-point lead and score on their final possession, and then that would put the game out of reach. But I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game throughout the entire contest with a late score adding a little bit uh, of, of fool's gold as far as how uncompetitive it, it would have been. I think it's going to be a very close game, four or five lead change type of game, a lot of scoring, a lot of big plays uh, out of both teams, and the type, the type of game that, honestly, this NFL season needs. Well, I guess I get to be the odd duck today. I'm going to go with the Rams, 34-27. I actually, it's it's nothing with the Saints. I, I think the Saints are are an excellent team. I just see this as a test of what the what the Rams are, and I think they're more than what we've you know we've come to come to know them to be. I think this team will go out there. They will have an offensive game plan to you know deal with the what can what um sorry what, what the Saints have to offer. I like the fact that there are specific holes right now on the Saints defense that the Rams are very well equipped to exploit. I'm going to go with the Rams at home. Coming off a seven-point, you know, performance in Minnesota, they they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to be at the home in front of the home fans. And and honestly, 
again, what, you know, one of those really meaningful games, probably the first truly meaningful home game at this point in the season in Los Angeles for the Rams in obviously over 25 years. So I'm going to go with the Rams to pull it off 34-27. And I think all of those scores and all of those predictions are all probably very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, all right, well, KD, uh, really quick, can you give our listeners a way to follow you on Twitter and so on and so forth? Yeah, definitely. You can uh, follow the site on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash the Saints Wire. Just search for the Saints Wire and give us a follow there. And on Twitter, we're at the Saints Wire. And my personal handle is at KD Drummond NFL. You can engage with me there, talk Saints, talk Cowboys, talk anything related to the NFL. Uh, we, we got you covered 24 seven, uh, with the site and, uh, and I'm really looking forward to this matchup. As you guys said, uh, this is a true test for where the Saints are. I wish they were a little bit healthier going into this game, but again, this late in the season, you can't ask for much more than a, than a chance to be the number one seed in the NFC. And both of these clubs still have that possibility surrounding them. So it, it'll be a great matchup. All right. Well, Katie, again, thank you for coming on the show. You, we, fans, you've heard where to follow them at. And by the way, I hope in about a month and a half we're on another podcast talking Rams Saints again because that's that kind of matchup needs to happen in the playoffs too. There you go. Yep, good stuff. All right. Katie, uh, we're going to let you go. Thanks for joining us today. Norm, are there any final thoughts that you have for us? Not really. I just hope the team comes out with the chip, like you say, and performs well. It's going to be a tough game all the way around. And, and KD, I sure appreciate you coming on board. It's, it's been a pleasure having you. And, and like you said, hopefully we can get together later this year and do this again when they're in the playoffs. Anytime, gentlemen. Let's do it. Can't wait. Okay, real quick before we go, we want to give a shout-out to the Golden Ram Barbershop out there, 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Give them a call at 714-894-7267. Sal Martinez opened the shop the day the Rams left L.A. He kept the lights on for Rams fans to come in there and look at everything having to do with the Rams, from helmets to memorabilia. You name it, he's got it. Give you a great deal of haircut with a promo code RAMSTALK. Again, the promo code is RAMSTALK. Hours of operation, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday to Friday, uh, holiday hours may differ. Saturday open 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Folks, he's closed on Sunday. Watch the Rams football. Again, it's 714-894-7267. Okay, we are shutting this thing down. We're getting ready for the big game this weekend. You know, stay in touch with us on Facebook. Go to the Rams Talk Facebook page there. It's facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Also, follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams for Norm Hightower. This is Derek Ciapala. Have a great one. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, you guys. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.